Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Yes, it is. Yeah, if, uh, we've still got some people coming through the foyer, so they're going to be coming in and finding a place to sit, sit and uh, we're going to get started. But uh, if you're a visitor with us today, would you do me a favor and just wave at me? Just wave at me. If you're a visitor today, just wave at me. Our people want to know who you are. And if this is your first or second time here, or maybe your fifth time here, and you've never noticed that there's a connection card on the back of the bulletin, be sure and take a look and notice that that's there. We want to know who you are, and we are glad you're here to worship with us this morning here at Butte Creek Baptist Church. Be sure and fill that out, because you'll need to put that in the offering plate when it gets passed. And on the back, if you have any special prayer requests, special prayer requests, be sure and uh, put that on there too. So we want to pray with you. We want to let you know that we're glad you're here. One of our pastors will be sure to give you a call and tell you thanks for attending with us today. So, as a group, we're going to stand to our feet. We're going to kick the service off this morning with a little song in your praise book, number 58. In your praise book, number 58, you'll find a song that you're only going to hear here at Butte Creek Baptist Church called Keep on the sunny side. So if you're able, stand to your feet, number 58. Well, there's a dark and a troubled side of life. It's a bright and a sunny side, too. When you do make the darkness and strife, the sunny side we also give you. Sing that chorus. Keep on sunny side, always on sunny side, keep on sunny side of life. It will help us every day, it will brighten all our way, if we keep on sunny side of life. Oh, the storm and its fury broke today, crushing hopes that we cherish so dear. Thousands Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way. If we keep on the sunny side of life. Oh, yeah. Aren't these musicians great this morning? Give them a hand. Find about seven people. Greet them and tell them God bless you. This morning, God bless you. Keep on 
Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah. We, we're hoping for the sunny side outside here pretty quick, aren't we? You know, uh, next week is supposed to get up to 85 and, and higher, so it'll, the summer's just going to hit. So, Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for blessing us, for uh, just allowing us to meet here and, and worship you, to sing your songs, to bless you with with your word, and we just pray that, Lord God, you'd fill us with your spirit, and that, Lord God, you'd, you'd just be blessed by us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, Wednesday night, we want to invite you to dinner, okay, at uh, 6 o'clock. Bible study is 645. This Wednesday night, we are going to have Ask the pastor question night. So if you, and Bill is, Bill, um, where's Bill? Bill's right up there. there. Bill is the brains, I'll be the brawn. And, uh, <laughs> and you're welcome to ask any question that you've had about the Bible or about um, some doctrine or something. And uh, if you have anything you can think of now, please, before uh, before you leave today, get us uh, that on paper, and that way we can have a chance to... to so that you can so study it in study. advance, right? So that you all already know <laughs> what the, what the <laughs> answer is. Yes, thank you. Um, otherwise, we'll, we'll, we'll just mm. run with what we brought. Uh, Woman's uh, Bible no, studies on May cheating. 20th, <laughs> and that's in him. the fellowship room at 10 o'clock. Men's Bible study is in the Gospel of Matthew. That's every Tuesday morning at 10 in the fellowship room, and there's always goodies in to, to not only eat, but to sing and just have a great time. So, um, all right. Well, the rest of it, I think you can read in your bulletin. There's a place on the back here if you want to take some notes. And uh, this message that's going to come today, you may want to take some notes on it. So. The only other thing I can think of is we have our all-church meeting yeah, right. that we will have at the end of the service today. So after we finish this service, we'll take about a five-minute uh, uh, pause, and then we'll have the all-church meeting, which is mainly to vote on the budget and have a few reports from different committees. 
And, uh, and after that, and then we have potluck. potluck. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, potluck. You know, you're at a Baptist church when they talk about eating every time they give the announcements. They talk Amen. About In your praise book number one, I'll be listening. I'll be listening for my name. Praise book number one. Let's sing that together. If you're able to stand and you're capable of standing, let's stand. Let's just lift this up to the Lord this morning. 147 in your hymnal. How great thou art. Amen. 
feel like the presence of the Holy Ghost is here in the house this morning touching you? 505 in the Sending your Son, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, God, come in the flesh to be our Savior. Oh, Father in heaven, what a, what a precious gift. There is no gift that's, that's better. There's no gift that's, that's more valuable than what you've already given us, salvation. So, Father, we thank you for that. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your precious life, for your horrific death for your resurrection from the dead, which gives us hope, for your ascension into heaven, which gives us a picture, and for your uh, intercession, which gives us access to the throne of grace. Father in heaven, thank you so much. We just give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He touched me. That floods my soul. Something happened, and now, oh, now I know He touched me and made me whole. We could have the usher. 
come forward, we'll take our offering now. Are we blessed or are we blessed? We're pretty blessed, aren't we? I want to thank you for the flowers that you uh, so generously provide. That's so awesome. And, you know, we just, uh, we're just here just worshiping the Lord. And uh, so, Father in heaven, thank you so much for just letting us be here in the United States of America, worshiping you in still a free country, Lord. We just pray that, Lord God, you bless this offering, that, Lord God, you multiply it to the good of this community and the good of this church. We pray that, Lord God, you would bless all of the church services happening today around the world that are speaking your word by means of your spirit. We'll give you the praise and we'll give you the glory forever and ever in Jesus' name. Amen. Today of this message is to keep watching. 
This message I'm going to break up into at least two Sundays because there's just no way I can do it all in one Sunday unless we stay here till about two. And uh, I don't know that I can keep you that long, although I might. I'm going to read to you out of Mark chapter 13, starting in verse 28. You're welcome to join me there if you want to. Uh, Mark 13, verse 28. And here's what it says. And I'm going to explain to you what this means as we go. Because this verse here is somewhat misunderstood uh, by many Christians. It says in verse 28, Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. Now in the Bible... In the Old Testament especially, the fig tree is spoken of as representing the nation of Israel. All right? So this parable is no different. It's not really a parable, but this teaching is really no different. Jesus is talking about the nation of Israel here. He says this, Now learn the lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. So that was a sign in Israel and, and other countries that when the fig tree began to blossom and its twigs came out, you knew that summer was getting pretty close. Well, what this is, 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 is this is a prophecy of a future event that started basically before 1948 when the Jews started coming back and repopulating Israel. This was before Israel became a nation. May 15th of 1948, the United Nations Charter gave Israel the, uh, its national charter, which made Israel a nation. If you look at the map today, actually a big portion of Jordan was given to Israel during that time, but they ended up taking it back. And the sliver of land that Israel has now was, was officially given to the Jews as the nation of Israel. So if we look at this prophecy here, it says, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. So we're going to learn a lesson from the nation of Israel. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. In uh, the other gospel, it says, as soon as it starts blossoming, you know that summer is near. Well, the nation of Israel in 1948 was just a plot of desert. That's what it was. There was, even though it was a nation, there was nothing there. And the day after May 14th, uh, several nations that surrounded Israel attacked it because they didn't want the nation of Israel to be their neighbor. Well, today, the nation of Israel is an, an amazing nation. It's the only democratic nation in the Middle East. They have the greatest uh, hoard of minerals, Israel does, in the Dead Sea of any nation in the world. They have uh, enough potash or potash to, uh, uh, to make a fertilizer for all the nations of the world. And also that is also used to make weaponry, to make ammunition. So that they're very rich that way. Now also, you probably know this, that in the uh, Mediterranean Sea off the coast of Israel, they have found one of the greatest natural 
gas fields in the world. And uh, if you invested in that about uh, 15 years ago, your investment has paid off. They also, on the Golan Heights, okay, that's North Israel, that's between Israel and Syria. Israel took the Golan Heights, which they needed militarily, okay, from Syria in the Six Day War in 1967. They have been drilling there and have found an incredible oil field in the Golan Heights. Now, Russia has been backing Syria. In fact, Russia has troops on the ground in Syria, advisors, etc. And since they have discovered this oil field, this huge oil field, guess who wants to claim the Golan Heights back for their country? Syria. Yeah. Guess who's going to back Syria? Russia. So that's something to watch. So here's what we say, here's what we see here, and this, we're not finished with this prophecy. It says, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. Learn it from the nation of Israel. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. It says this, even so, when you see these things happening, what things? The nation of Israel being chartered in 1948, uh, the, the lesson of the fig tree, the earthquakes, the wars, the rumors of wars, the famines, the pestilences. When you see these things happening, you know that it is right, is near, right at the door. So what is it? Well, you go back to verse 26 and we're going to find out what it is. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. That's the it. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. So we go back here to verse 29. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it, that would be the second coming of Jesus Christ, is near right at the door. I tell you the truth, verse 30, Jesus says, this generation, the generation that sees these things, will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The generation that sees these things. Well, if you are 74 or 75 years old, you were born in 1948. That is the date, the year that Israel became a nation. That generation is still living today. I know that because I see some of you that were born in 1948. Okay? I just know it's true. This generation, which is still alive today, will not pass away, Jesus says, until all these things have happened. What can we take from that? Well, we can take that from 1948. Now, a generation in the Bible is hotly debated, but it's really a hundred years. Okay, a generation is a hundred years in the Bible. And if we think about it today, people 
do live to be 100 years old today. So if, if Israel became a nation in 1948, okay, 100 years from that would be what? 2048, wouldn't it? We've got seven years of tribulation to, to go through. We don't have it to go through, but it's going, the world's going to go through it. So that takes us to 1941. This is 19, uh, or, or 2041, excuse me. This is 2023. So conceivably, okay, conceivably, Jesus Christ could come back within the next what? 17, 18 years, right? If things keep happening exponentially the way they are now, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Now, we've got to differentiate between the rapture of the church, the harpazo, the Greek says, okay? Harpazo in the Greek, actually, if you look back at the etymology of the word, it means it has the etymology of a pickpocket, okay? A snatching away. God is going to send his son, Jesus Christ, to meet us in the air. He's not coming to the earth at that point in time. He will during the second coming but not during the rapture. He's going to come and he's going to meet us in the air and he's going to pick us out of this world. He's going to snatch us. He's going to rapture us. And that is different from the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, it is a part of the second coming, okay? Just like uh, in World War II, for example, if you look at the whole war, there were many battles that made up the war, weren't there? Yeah, there's several things that make up the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the rapture is certainly one of them. Well, so he goes on in verse 32. He says, no one knows about that day or hour. He says, not even the angels of heaven, this is Jesus speaking, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, the Son was speaking, Jesus was speaking out of his humanity. And out of his humanity, he did not know the day that he would come back. But certainly out of his divinity, he knows. Jesus Christ, being divine, knows all things just as the Father knows all things. So it says here this, verse 33. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. And Jesus gives us a short typology here in verse 34. He says, it's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servant in charge, each one with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. When I look at this verse, I look at the man going away being Jesus rising from the dead and going back to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, I look at the servants in charge are going to be those that he have chosen Jesus Christ as their savior. And I looked, look at each one with his assigned task. Did you know that each one of us has an assigned task? Okay. We have something that God wants us to do on the face of the earth. Now, with me, you know, he wants me to be a pastor and a teacher. With you, he may want you to be an instructor of your children or an evangelist to people or 
a giver. Last week I talked to you about giving. Not giving necessarily about money, that's part of it, but giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving of your energy, giving of your skills. And if you have the gift of giving money, giving of your money to, to, uh, to further God's, God's uh, kingdom here on earth. He goes on. He says this in verse, and he says, he tells the one at the door to keep watch. I think about that piece of this scripture, and I go back to Jeremiah and to Isaiah where it says that uh, God appointed watchmen on the wall. Okay? In the old cities, all right, they had fortified walls, didn't they? And on those 40 fortified walls, they had places, sometimes they were built up, where the watchmen would watch for enemy penetration or for enemies coming to take their city. It was very common. And so he tells in Jeremiah, he tells the prophet, he says, you must be a watchman on the wall. And when you see the enemy coming, you are to tell the people to be ready, to be on, your, on their guard, and you are to, to advise them of what's coming. And I feel that my personal opinion is I think that primarily is, is the job of the pastor and the teacher. Uh, unfortunately, many pastors and teachers don't have a clue what's coming, and that's, that's sad because how can their congregations know what's coming if they don't know what's coming? Jesus goes on. He says this, Therefore, in verse 35, Keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So Jesus' final words on this is, Watch, okay? Well, we know that the fig tree, the nation of Israel, is blossoming. Many prophecies have been fulfilled since 1948. Israel was just a podunk country made up of desert and rocks, and now we see that they are a leader in technology. They're a leader in medical advancement. They grow flowers that they export and fruit all over the world. They have a military that's second to none in the Middle East. They're a, a blossoming country. They're an amazing country. And they're still God's people. All right? And God still has promises to keep and fulfill to Israel. But what's happening right now? That's what inquiring minds want to know. Right? What's happening right now? So I'm going to give you some points. There's like 10 points, and I won't get finished with all of them today because the music team went so long. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay? Point number one. And think in your own mind, not only now, but as you watch the news, as you hear other people talk, there is a call for a global government. Okay? There's an outright call for a global government. Right now, the world is leaderless. You know, in the past, we've had great leaders. Some good, some not so good. All right? But there was always, it seemed like, there was a world leader. And in the past, 
America has been a leader, uh, and that started basically at the start of World War II, when uh, you know America showed its power. America was such a powerful country that they they whooped on their enemies in World War II. Now, so it's calling for a global government, and what do we need to see happen before a global government can happen? The United States of America has to be brought into compliance with global rules, okay? What does that mean? First of all, national boundaries need to be erased. What's happening right now at our borders? National boundaries are being erased. Secondly, is freedoms need to be aborted. What is happening to freedoms in the United States of America? We were told two years ago that you will wear a mask or you will not be able to get on an airplane. You will have to have a vaccine shot or you will not be able to go to this restaurant or to this particular place. Freedoms uh, are being aborted today. Next, divine establishment principles. I've taught on this before. There's four divine establishment principles that have to be brought in line. Freedom, marriage between a man and a woman, that's under attack today as is freedom. Family, family is under attack as never before. And nationalism. The, God set up nations. Remember the Tower of Babel, the city of Babel, and God said, if we don't go down and, and fix these people, nothing will be impossible to them. All right? What were they trying to accomplish there at the city and the Tower of Babel? They were saying, we're going to establish a city, we're going to establish a nation separate from God. Because what did God tell Adam? What did God tell Noah? Go out, multiply, subdue the earth, bring the word of God to everyone. And what were the people at Babylon doing at, at the tower? They were doing just the opposite. They were making inclusion. Okay? We're gonna we're gonna set ourselves up. We're gonna build a tower so that if God decides to flood the earth again, he's not gonna get us. We're gonna build a tower. And we're going to put a, a temple at the top of it so that we can worship our gods. Okay? You can read about the nations in Genesis chapter 10 and, and Genesis chapter 11. It's a phenomenal study and uh, you'll find it to be, to be real rewarding. So some of the things that you'll notice today as you hear the news, etc. is the word Great Reset. Okay? That's in the news. Or... Uh, New World Order. President uh, George Herbert Walker Bush okay, used the New World Order in his commencement speech when he became president and uh, he was uh, one of the globalists as was his family. The formation of the European Union. That was huge. This is the formation of the European Union will be the forerunner of the revival of the Roman Empire. You know, the Roman Empire was never con conquered. You knew that. 
it decayed from within, which is exactly what America is doing today. It's decaying from within. We're not, we haven't been conquered, but we're decaying. Another thing that you might hear is the name George Soros. He is a very wealthy, wealthy, wealthy billionaire, and he funds progressive and global things worldwide. He's a very, very evil man. Another name that you might hear is Klaus Schwab. There's another very evil man, very wealthy. He founded the World Economic Forum in 1971. And let me quote what he says, okay? In August 16th of 2022, he said this, in 10 years, you all will have an implant in your brain. Hmm, okay. Point number one is there's a call for a global government. Okay, you got that? Point number two is they want to replace capitalism with a new economic system, which isn't new at all. It's called socialism. All right. Now I want to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You're welcome to turn there if you want to. Just don't take too long, because I'm going to be there in a second. 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 5, just relax and listen to this. Paul is writing to Christian people here. And here's what he says. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety. Now this is a mantra that will be heard most certainly at the start of the tribulation because when the rapture happens and the church is taken out and the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, which is in God's church now, is taken up and the Holy Spirit now deals with the tribulation people of which the tribulation will start with absolutely no believers in Christ, all right? They're all going to be taken up in the rapture. We're going to see that evil is going to be rampant. If we think evil is bad now, man, go to the worst, most evil place in the world, wherever that is, some city, okay, and it'll be just like that everywhere. He says this, while people are saying peace and safety, so the world's going to be looking for a leader because the world is leaderless right now and their mantra is going to be peace and safety because it's going to be so bad uh, as far as um, violence and evil. He says this, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. Now, we are seeing the start of those labor pains now. You know, it just is not going to happen where all of a sudden, one day, everything just gets evil. No, the evil has already started, hasn't it? I mean, we're seeing it in our world. And what will happen is it's going to continually to get worse and worse. 
there's going to be a convergence, okay, a convergence of wars, rumors of wars, which is ethnic violence, that's the word in the Greek ethnos. There's going to be a convergence of famines, a convergence of economic distress, a convergence of pestilence. They say that the next pestilence, the next pandemic, or plandemic, if you want to labor it, if you want to label it that way, uh, is supposed to hit in 2024. Now, if you think that this was all just by accident, I would say you probably don't know enough about what happened. We won't get into that today because we don't have time. But it says this, but you brothers, so here's your contrast, you brothers, you believers, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, just as Jesus said, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate. It's gonna protect your heart, your vital organs, okay? And the hope of salvation as a helmet, that's gonna protect your mind. For God, now listen, this is a verse you should all have underlined or highlighted in your Bible for sure. And I want you to listen to it very carefully. It says in verse 9, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. You got that? We as believers are not appointed to suffer wrath. What is wrath? What is God's wrath? God's wrath is going to be revealed against sin and unbelief during the seven years of the tribulation. That's going to be God's wrath. We are not appointed to suffer wrath. What are we appointed to do? It says to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first point you need to be looking at is global, uh, call for a global government. The second point is to replace capitalism with socialism. You know what socialism says? And you may, may have heard this. You will own nothing and be happy about it. That's what socialism says. You will own nothing and be happy about it. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, I appreciate my house. I appreciate having some food in the refrigerator. I appreciate having a, a car to drive around. If I owned absolutely nothing, I would say I probably wouldn't be real happy about it. Would you? You know, I mean, it's kind of nice to own a few things. Even though technically God is our provider and everything we have is God's, 100% of it. The third thing that you will hear in the news is a global currency. Okay? A global currency. In Revelation, you don't necessarily have to turn there, but I'm going to read it to you. This goes right along with what Revelation chapter 13 says. And I'm going to read it to you right now. It says this. There is going to be an end times global government. There's going to be an end times world religion, and it won't be Christianity. 
There's going to be an end times currency. It will be digital, all right? There's going to be end times, all kinds of stuff. And in the end times, there will be a ruler, a one world ruler. Now you might say, really? No, really. I'll tell you why. Hitler wanted to do it. So did Saddam Hussein. So did Napoleon. So did Stalin. We've got all kinds of examples of people that wanted to take control of the world. Satan himself said what? I'm going to elevate my throne above the stars. I'm going to be like God. That's Satan's whole goal, is to be like God. And you know what? He's so deceived that he thinks he can pull it off. Well, we know better because we know the last page of the book. But listen to what Revelation chapter 13 starts. It says in verse 15. This is talking about the false prophet that is going to arise. He's going to be a false religious leader. Have we had those in the past? Oh, yeah. Do we have them right now? Oh, yeah. All right. It says this. He... That would be this false religious leader called the um, false prophet. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. This is going to be the plight of people in the tribulation. They are going to, he, he, the Antichrist is going to say this. And, and believe me, he's not going to come on the scene as the Antichrist. He's going to come on the scene as the Christ. The one who could... You know what anti means, don't you? Anti can mean two things. Against or instead of. He is the against Christ or he is the instead of Christ. And in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, you can read... Uh, I don't know if we'll get there today, but you can read um, about that, about him going into the temple. Now listen to what it says here, verse 16. He, this false prophet, also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Oh, that would never happen, really. You seen the proliferation of tattoos around? Man, I'm telling you, I'm surprised I haven't seen any two-year-olds with tattoos. This word in the Greek actually means tattoo. And we're going to see that this one world ruler and his religious cohort are going to come out with a system. It's going to be a religious system, an economic system, and a political system that is going to require that those people living at that time subscribe to the system. And how do they subscribe? They receive this mark. And with this mark, they can buy or sell, they can come and go. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but in Europe, when the pandemic was going on, if you couldn't produce a vaccine card, you could not go into certain restaurants 
grocery stores, etc. It's here and it's coming soon. Now, so it says this. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast. For it is man's number. His number is six, six, six. Well, there's been many, many people a lot smarter than me tried to figure out what this number means or what this name means. I mean, we've had everything from Napoleon to Ronald Reagan and, and Kissinger to uh, who knows who, right? But if you think about is if six is the number of man, this is man, man, and man, okay? This, to me, this represents the unholy trinity. Now the trinity, the holy trinity, is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, isn't it? The unholy trinity is Satan masquerading as the Father, the Antichrist masquerading as Christ, and the false prophet masquerading as the Holy Spirit. That's the unholy trinity, and this may be referring to that too. Hard to know. Well, we go on. You guys aren't bored, are you? I didn't think so. So I want to talk about this global currency again. We've still got a couple of hours before we need to, you know, get out. Uh, I want to talk to you about this. Executive Order 14067. Joe Biden issued this executive order March 9th of 2022, so a little over a year ago. I'm going to quote. This order is to explore the possibility of a U.S. central bank digital currency for government to track behavior, movement, preference, practical, and social engagement. Joe Biden authorized some agency or agencies to look into what it would take to transfer the United States of America's currency to a digital currency. Why would they want to do that? Well, they want to do that for control. They want to control people. The best way to control people is to control their pocketbook. Okay? They could tell where you go to eat. They could tell what you buy. They could tell what uh, places you donate to. They can tell whether you're on the globalist side or some other side. And it's in the works. Uh, Sweden right now is almost entirely cashless. Almost entirely cashless. And now we've got the credit cards where you can take and just tap them. And uh, they work and, and all that stuff. It, it's happening. So all currency is going to be digitized for control, tracking, tax collection. And they're going to say, okay, well, you know, we want to try to, uh, it's going to be to try to stop the drug dealers and the drug money and, and, and this and that. And that's going to be their excuses. And some of those excuses are actually valid, but the real excuses, they're going to want to control everyone. That's what they want to do. That's what the globalists want to do. In Canada, do you remember the trucker strike up there where they had the, the hundreds of truckers and they... They uh, demonstrated against uh, the fuel costs and other things that were happening in Canada. 
Well, do you know what Canada did? Canada found out who the truckers were and they froze their bank accounts. Isn't that great? Well, how do you control people? You control them economically. That's how you control them. Well, let's see. Another thing that's very disconcerting is this. The United States dollar has been the reserve currency of the world now for quite a few years. There is a push now to replace the dollar as the world's reserve currency. China is deep into it, okay? And other nations have... China is now requiring uh, certain nations that they trade with to use their money, not the dollar, all right? Uh, so if that happens, if the dollar ends up not being the world's reserve currency, then you can watch your dollar fly away and go bye-bye. It won't be worth much. Well, what else do we have? Oh boy, there's so much. I'm not even getting to the point I wanted to get to, but I'm going to tell you what it is, okay? There's several more points that I'm going to give next week to you. Point number four is going to be confusion, disinformation, and deception. Deception is huge today. If you think about how the fog rolls in from the coast, that's how deception is rolling in to the world today. Many, many people. I have people ask me all the time, why do you think that they do that? Why do you think that they made that law? Why do you think that they... they uh, they, they, they did this or that. And I say it's because they're deceived. That's why they're deceived. They're actually thinking, Romans chapter 1, which hopefully we'll get into, says this. God will give them over to a reprobate mind. Why? Because they refuse to keep the knowledge of God going in their lives and they worshipped the creation more than they worship the Creator. A reprobate mind means this. A reprobate mind, and Isaiah talks about this, they, they substitute good for evil and evil for good. Evil becomes good now, and good becomes evil. Oh, you know what? We need to shut down all the churches because of this pandemic, but we're going to leave the girly houses open, we're going to leave the where you buy your liquor open. We're going to leave all these places over because you know why? They're essential. And churches aren't. Churches aren't essential. That's what we were told, wasn't it? That's what we were told. The, so next week we're going to talk about deception. That will include false teachers, which I'm going to name. Another point that we're going to study, wow, and that's a big one, the deception one. We might not even get through that all next week. Is loss of affections. Loss of affections in this world. Global wars. A world in rebellion to Christ. What to expect in the future. How God is preparing His church. And how we should live life until He comes. If you're a believer today, okay, here's the good news. The good news is that a God is in control. God is in control. 
Now, hopefully, we will allow God to be in control of even the minute details of our life. You know, I've always thought, and, and people have asked me, do you think I should pray about this? I mean, this seems so little. You know, it just seems so insignificant. I said, well, it depends on how much of your life do you want to give to God. I want to give all my life to God, okay? So I want... I want the decisions I make to be godly decisions because I will tell you right now, I have made a lot of decisions in life that weren't godly. And I paid dearly for them. Okay? Is there anyone that can identify with me on that? Just anybody, okay? Thank you. Yeah. So next week, we'll continue this study about uh, what's happening in our world. I'll relate it to the scriptures because what we want to do is this. We want to look at life through the lens of Christ. Okay? That's what we want to do. What are we called to do? We're called to glorify God in this world, aren't we? We're called to be a light in a dark world, a city set on a hill. And I'll tell you something. If you don't know what's going on, you're in the dark. Oh yeah, you might be saved. But I'll tell you something, things are going to catch you by surprise and it's not going to be a good surprise either. So we, we want to be aware of what we're doing. So if you're a Christian, pray with me. If you're not a Christian here today, you should become a Christian. You should pray this prayer along with all of us, okay? Dear Father in heaven, please forgive me for my sins. Please cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Help me to learn your word. Help me to obey you. Help me to learn to love you. And learn to love my neighbor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's see. We're going to sing a song. And we're going to, if you're not staying for the meeting, then you can be dismissed. If you're staying for our meeting, uh, it's, it's, a, it's open to whoever. It's, a, it's, a, um, it's our annual meeting where we vote on things and where certain people give their, uh, certain heads of departments, etc., give their three or four or five minute uh, synopsis about what's going on. So... Uh, Okay, I'll get out of this chair. Okay, and then uh, so we're going to end with a course today that uh, I just, uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to print this one of these days so everybody can have it. I don't know if you'll know it or not. I think you might know it. It's called, uh, called Lord, Listen to Your Children Praying. And uh, we're going to get this in, we're going to get this up here in the yeah. choir one of these days. And so I've got it all written out. But uh, if you know it, you can sing along with me. And we'll go through it twice, and uh, I'm sure most of you will know it, but let's stand our feet. Uh, some people are going to want to be dismissed, and some are going to want to stay. So, but let's sing this together, okay? Because I, I always listen, I listen through the, the sermon, and I try to find something that'll match with the sermon, and uh, yay! Uh, and uh, I knew nobody was hearing a word I said, but uh, anyways. Uh, but this is just something, you know, listening to the sermon this morning that, you know, as a nation, we really need to be in prayer. And when I think about being in prayer about what God's doing in our country and what God's doing in our neighborhoods, uh, I just think of this song.
It's called Lord, listen to your children praying. It goes did, like this. Did you folks enjoy the sermon? I mean, okay, good, good. Because uh, you know, I mean, I, I, as a watchman on the wall, I want to make sure that we're all watching. Okay, so. Mm -hmm. So the course goes like this, and we're going to go through it twice. So if you don't know it, listen all the way through it. And then when we start over again, you'll start picking it up. And I promise I'll get the words out to you one of these days soon. It goes like this. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. Something's gonna happen, the Lord's gonna take control. When the children of the Lord kneel down and pray, He's gonna move mountains, He's gonna save your soul. When the children of the Lord kneel down, kneel down to pray. Oh, Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. Something's going to happen. The Lord's going to take control. When the children of the Lord kneel down and pray, He's going to move mountains. He's going to take control. When the children of the Lord kneel down, kneel down to pray. When the children of the Lord kneel down, kneel down to pray. Good job. God bless all of you. Have a great Sunday. If you're gonna, um, if you're gonna stay for the uh, the meeting, if you're a member here, we'd love to have you stay because we we need your vote. So God bless you and come come we're, Wednesday night. Okay? We're gonna take about five minutes yep. and then we're gonna start that meeting. And come it's Wednesday only gonna night. be about a 20-30 minute meeting at the most. And then we got potluck too. After that, we'll have potluck. <laughs>